Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with James Moylan of Design Builders Incorporated. James founded Design Builders in 2006 with the goal of becoming the premier screen porch builder in Maryland and Virginia. As company head and chief designer, he has hundreds of outdoor living spaces under his tool belt. Now for my conversation with James Moylan. Hey, James, good to see you again. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Yeah. Give everyone a quick rundown. Who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? My name is James Moylan. The company is Design Builders. We are based in Bethesda, Maryland, and we focus on screen porches, decks, and outdoor kitchens. Sweet deal. Yeah. So did you did you start the company or how did, how did it all begin, I guess? <laughs> I did. So actually, I started with a buddy a long time ago. We both had gotten out of college. We both grew up working um, for a gentleman whose name was Kevin Fox and was a fantastic carpenter. We started working with him just as part-time jobs in high school, you know, when we were 15, 16, you know, just kind of sweeping up and, you know, and, and working for him through college. We continued to work for him just off and on in the summers and stuff like that. The two of us, we both lived abroad for a little bit after school and never really thought about it too much. We kind of kicked the idea of, hey, what are we going to do when we're, when we're done with school, done with college? When we finally moved home, we started working for him again for a little while. Unfortunately, he passed away kind of at that time. And that's actually where the name Design Builders came from. He had a company that was called Design Builders. And you know, it wasn't a huge company. It was kind of a single operator, but we kind of continued that name just in, in his tradition. And so myself and my partner at that time, whose name was Jim, we just became subcontractors and started to get some jobs, odd jobs through, you know, through through referrals and, and things like that and fell in with a couple of builders. And then we kind of got into the kind of the marketing aspect and started to, you know, put our website out there and and you know, kind of got into that pretty early. And then things just kind of kind of took off a little bit. Jim lasted maybe like two years. And then he came to me, he's like, look, we're best friends. I love you. Everything's going to be great. But he's like, this is not for me. You know, I'm going to, we're going to go in a different direction. And, and he was just down here at the beach with me last week. We're still absolute best friends. And, and it couldn't have, you know, it couldn't have been in a better way. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm curious about the the first like couple of years. It sounds like you guys, you know, connected with some builders and, and that sort of thing. And then so like what was that like? And then definitely want to dive into like once you said, okay, we're gonna like market and grow this thing. And but yeah, the first first year or two of, of entrepreneurial journey usually has some interesting yep. parts to it. <laughs> yeah. So the first couple of years, like I said, we we had worked for that gentleman, Kevin Fox. And then there was another builder that we had worked with for a while as well. You know, we had gotten some work from them. There were a couple like franchise deck companies out there that we would get some work from. So there's probably a pool of four or five people that we would try to get deck work from. I mean, that's what Kevin Fox had taught us. 
you know, and that's what we knew how to do was build decks. So we were just looking for anyone, you know, that we could, we could potentially do that for. And yeah, those first two years, it was, you know, save up enough money to get a truck, you know, and then save up enough money to, uh, you know, get all the tools you need, save up enough money to get a trailer, you know, save up enough money to get a computer, mm-hmm. save up enough money to get a website. And then, like I said, from there, you know, started to promote ourselves just a little bit. But yeah, the first two years, and I think that's why Jim left. I mean, there was no money made. You know, it was just it was just work, 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 and then kind of reinvested in the company in little places that we could. And it was, yeah, it was wasn't a fun time. They say you're not supposed to remember pain, right? <laughs> yeah, unless it fuels you, right? So what what year was it when Jim left and then you were running, you know, everything at that point? It was right around 2009 ish. Like right around 2009, the company started in 2006. We're, you know, thinking, you know, about two years. So right at the end of 2008, beginning of 2009, that's when he, you know, he left the, he left the company. But I also, I did something that was pretty fantastic and highly recommended to any business owners out there. I joined a group called Vistage, which was just kind of, it's not a networking group. It's just a a business group where you have a chair and you get together and you kind of talk. And I I don't know what I would have done without them because, you know, it helped put in, you know, some of the just basic stuff you need for, for a company. That's cool. Yeah. So once you, it was just you and you're like, okay, we're going to start marketing and and growing kind of, where did you market and how did you start, you know, picking up more clients? So we, I always had this kind of wacky idea because I like to travel was to try to run the company virtually. So, I mean, and this was 2007, 2008. Early for that, for sure. The whole idea was how do I do this thing that I know how to do and, and kind of do it virtually. So I tried to do it with zero employees and I found mm. out that, that that couldn't work. So I had a, a virtual assistant for a long time for men, every bit of six or seven years. And once we started to kind of sell our own our own work, and that was basically just getting a web page, starting to learn SEO, you know, from just any blogs or anything that you could find at that time. And, you know, so starting to trickle into that, we had some pay-per-click companies, you know, when the whole thing first started, you know, a bunch of different of these sales, these companies would come and, you know, try to, you know, try to get you doing that. But we, we found a way to do it organically. And, you know, every once in a while, the phone started ringing. So we didn't have to work for the builders anymore. You know, we started to, we started to, to do our own projects. We tried to incorporate 3D renderings into it really early, which was a little early for that as well. That used to be kind of our separation. You know, now it's just kind of the the standard. But back then that was, you know, people, people really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. And then we, you know, we just kind of continued to grow from there. But again, try not to have employees. We would look for sub crews and you know, are running four or five jobs at a time and things were working well, but we weren't really, I don't think, treating our customers the way that we would want to, you know, just because we didn't have a hundred percent control. And and we kind of went along that way for a while until we started to to hire our own employees and basically one by one, you know, eliminate the sub crews to where now, you know, we're almost a hundred percent internal. You know, so mm-hmm. we have control on just about everything that we do, which which for us and, and our product is super important. Yeah. Was that the driving force behind that was just like customer experience or was it? I mean, that was, I would say it's like, it was, that was the big piece, you know, it was just like the headaches, you know, when the headaches were just, just too much. And it was mostly over just the guys not being there, just Mm -hmm. simple, like not being able to get them to be there. And it's like, you couldn't pay them enough. 
you know, we tried to pay the most or like, what do we have to do just to get your attention? We couldn't get them there. So, you know, at that point, you know, not, not having that control and the projects taking forever, you know, if there was ever any tiny little thing at the end, it was impossible to get it fixed. You know, now I have a finishing crew that can go in and make sure that, you know, they're smiling when you're leaving. So yeah, that, that was the big driving piece. It was a big combination of the customers not being super excited. And they're always like, you know, it'll get done. It'll be, it'll be great. But you know, little things left at the end that you couldn't get those guys to go back and I'd have to go back and fix the stuff myself if we really wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it sounds like you're, you know, 10, 10 plus years into the journey as a whole, I guess, from the time you kind of took the reins solo, what do you think has been just the toughest part about being an entrepreneur and, you know, going down that path? Being an entrepreneur, I mean, not specific to my industry, but I mean, I guess maybe it is for all industry is just like the the sell, sell, sell mentality, you know, just always having to sell. And especially with what we do, because there's not a lot of recurring revenue, you know, we're always looking for a project. So, you know, just that consistency and, and always, you know, always trying to get, you know, get prospects and keep, you know, keep, keep sales in the funnel for a long time, you know, the life work balance, you know, in the beginning, like I said, mm. those first couple of years where you're not, you know, you're not making any money and you're working 90 plus hours a week, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge in the very beginning and trying early on to find that life work balance is I think is super important so that you don't just get just completely, completely burned out. Yeah. Do you think you've found that now or is that something you're still working on? I think we're, I think we're in a pretty good place. It was a challenge. Like I said, we did a lot of online stuff well ahead of when it was popular. You know, we were using GoToMeeting and any any way we could kind of do a, a video just because the meetings were so much more productive. You know, we could spend 30 to 45 minutes and give you like a deep analysis of what you can do, you know, looking at different things, looking at pictures, looking at websites and just having candid conversation instead of the guy, you know, sales guy in your house. Hey, how you doing? You know, look at the mantle. Oh, you went to the University of Virginia. Oh, wow. You know, just... <laughs> you know, throw that out the window and just kind of get down to the meat and potatoes. So, and people love it. Um, but the sell for that a long time ago was a little bit of a challenge. It was such an odd, an odd, an odd thing to do. It wasn't normalized yet for sure. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it worked well for us because we also had a challenge of identifying customers that were interested. So for us to show that they had some skin in the game, you know, they had to send us a property plot and 10 pictures. And mm -hmm. if you can't do that, then to us, are you really serious about the project? And we're going to give you a, you know, a consultation and a free consultation. All we need is, you know, 10 plus pictures and a, and a property plat so that we can give you good information. So that was a good way for us to kind of pick through the, you know, the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that. If you 
pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. There's challenging parts of the journey, but what do you think has been one of the most rewarding things? I mean, I would say at this point, just the group we have right now, we've had for like seven plus years, you know, so it's, we're, you know, everyone's pretty comfortable in what they're doing. I think everyone's in a good place. And I think all the employees are, are pretty, you know, pretty well taken care of, which is, which is pretty, pretty fantastic. That's definitely pretty rewarding because it does become, you know, this big family after years and years and years that a lot, a lot of the projects, you know, we take a lot of pride in the projects that we do. Everyone has to be the absolute best. And then that's it. You know, if it's not perfect, it it has to be redone. You know, it's what the clients demand. Every project's just a little bit better than the last one. You know, we're always trying to really kind of perfect, perfect our craft. And we've built some pretty cool stuff, you know, and it's pretty neat to drive around in the area and just, you know, say, ah, we have a porch there. We have a porch there. There's a deck there. There's an outdoor kitchen there. So that's, that's a lot of fun, you know, knowing that, you know, especially in the area that we live, you know, where we're, we're adding value and, and building stuff is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Have you had any like wacky client stories or crazy projects so that you can share, um, obviously leave out personal details yeah. and that sort of thing? Oh man, I do. I don't know how many of them are appropriate. No, I mean, we've had, I mean, we've been pretty lucky to tell you the truth. And, and we, we've finally had kind of gotten to a point that, we've been able to kind of pick the clients that we work with, you know, cause we, we, we haven't tried to grow the thing massive, you know, we're, we're kind of at a comfortable place. We do something that's incredibly specific and, and it's pretty easy to tell if we get a good fit. So we, we've been really fortunate, you know, over the years to, to do that. I mean, there's been some people that are just generally finicky, you know, about not allowing you to do this or that, or park in a certain place or, you know, use this door. I mean, just kind of, you know, kind of different type things that are, that are kind of funny, but for the most part, we, we've had fantastic customers and they're, you know, haven't had too many bad situations. Sure. Yeah, no, that's good. It sounded like there was maybe one, one or two that were coming to mind though. Is there anything that, that you feel comfortable sharing? I feel like it was part of the fun of it, you know, like other remodelers listen to this, like, you know, there's always something I mean, wacky, you know, you can keep it vague enough if you're like, you know, a little I mean, one time. So we were, we were supposed to do a remodel while a client was away, you know, and they were, they were living between due to two different places. And it wasn't that intense of a job. I think it was a bathroom remodel at the time that we were doing bathroom remodels this is probably 10 years ago. And, you know, it was just, you could tell it was a kind of person that was just super particular, but also mm-hmm. just a little, you know, a little off their rocker. And I walked into to the house when, you know, I went, was there to go to the first day after they met, they're gone. And there were sticky notes, like notes literally scattered throughout the house. Huh. Like scattered, like every like, and then down to like, with, in, like writing on them or yeah, with like notes, like note, like literally <laughs> just everywhere that you could see were sticky notes. Like move this screw, you know, six inches to the right, but, you know, make sure that like this picture is sitting here. I mean, it was, and, you know, needless to say that project didn't, didn't turn out fantastic, but yeah, that, that was probably the, I mean, I could still, every once in a while, I come across like the picture that I took to just say like, like, you know, sent to, you know, my 10 closest friends and, you know, my wife and my lawyer and everyone else to just say, dude, this is what I just walked into. Like, I don't even know where to go from here. 
But yeah, that's, <laughs> were they were they numbered like <laughs> go in this they order? Were, they were numbered, but I mean, some <laughs> of them were just the most bizarre things you've ever seen. So yeah, <laughs> that's that, a good that, one. No, no, that's yeah. I haven't heard that one before, so <laughs> yeah. we'll say about that. Well, it sounds like you know from previous to that, you said you guys are in a good spot. You've brought things in house. You're like trying to just perfect the craft. Like, what's your vision for the next like three to five years? What are you guys trying to do? Is it more of the same, or is there? Something I mean, we're trying to find. I mean, we're trying to do. I mean, I tell you, one of the biggest challenges that we have is getting permits. And we're a stickler on permits. We let and when we work in a bunch of different jurisdictions, being in the DMV. So we work in, you know, between cities and towns and states and counties, we work in like 20 different jurisdictions. And all of them are just a real challenge to work, just like everyone else probably complains. So anything we can do that doesn't require a permit, and we're not talking about like skirt and permits, but do a lot of outdoor kitchen. And we, we try to sell those to different places. We can sell those you know, internationally and all over the place. We can do the design, set it up. We do a lot of installs for those. Same thing with pergolas and different structures and awnings and things like that. So we're looking at ways to to sell those products a little bit more, push those products a little bit more. It's a lot quicker, a lot faster. That's kind of our, our like I said, our biggest challenge with 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 design build. But as far as as far you know is is moving forward, we're you know we've thought about potentially you know opening up shop in North Carolina, you know which which is just the next the next state down. So that's been something that's been out there and kind of been kicked around just a little bit. Our challenge just comes in finding installers. You know, we're, we're not any kind of deck builder, and you know the guys are putting in you know glass railing, cable railing, you know fire you know fireplaces that are tiled and stone, and just all this kind of off the wall type stuff. So finding the right you know the right installers is a little bit of a challenge, and then keeping that massive funnel you know of those projects is is, is also a challenge. So really, the vision for the future is just to continue to hone our craft, and then look at some areas that are kind of on the periphery of what we do that we can you know can exploit a little bit. So. To make yeah, sales. That's cool. Did I hear you right? You said you will design stuff and you can sell that internationally. Is that what you said? Is that so the, the outdoor kitchens that we that we sell? We sell Danver outdoor kitchens, Brown Jordan outdoor kitchens. You know, it's it's basically the same company, Danver out of Connecticut. They have different brand agreements, like I said, with Trax and with Brown Jordan. And I believe they have another one. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we put together those kitchen designs and we can have them delivered. Um, it's everything gotcha. is sent straight from from Connecticut. We do it a lot for architects. Architects will contact us because we're the the one of the local vendors and and the DMV and and push those out. But we can we we've sold them in New York. We sold them in you know, we've sold them in Canada. I mean we sold them all over the place just from people finding our website. Um, and again, that's kind of our our push is to to push that stuff out. Continue to build the web the website which we've been doing for. 16 years now or whatever it's been, you know, that's, that's always been our push is to continue to just kind of widen our, our breath a little bit, which in, that, that helps us pick our customers a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I think it's like a case study for thinking outside the box. Cause I think a lot of times people think like remodeling building is very local unless you kind of like go regional and expand locations. But, you know, if you just look at the design component, you really, really can expand far and wide. So that's cool that you guys have been doing that. And that's kind of a part of the the mix. Yeah. I guess as you look over the next one to two years, just industry-wide, what do you think are kind of some of the challenges that that you have either seen or see continuing that that we need to be focused on and trying to solve? I mean, our our industry specifically and and focus in outdoor living, I mean it's changed dramatically just because of COVID. Before it used to be 
you know, just that extra space. Now it's a place where people are going to have is like a, a safe space. So our, our industry has been, been changed dramatically in that regard. It, it's, it's been steady and the same for a long time. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an industry also where, you know, products only last so long, you know, and, and you know, people want to redo things, redo things, you know, as quickly as they can. I mean, I, I tell you, the biggest challenge is, is the permitting process. I think the, mm. you know, things working in some places and not working in other places. I mean, for example, we, we drive helical piers for our footings I and mean, we can only do them in a certain amount of jurisdictions, even with our structural engineers, you know, showing that this is, you know, this is sufficient, it's stronger, it's better. You know, there are certain jurisdictions that just, they, they're not even aware of what they are. And, and it's, wow. so that, that, that's, that's a challenge, you know, cause we have to design differently for different places. And it's, you know, you're beating your head against the wall when you're like, look, this is a better install. And they're like, well, I don't know what it is. So that's, I mean, that's a little bit of a challenge. I don't know how that gets fixed. I mean, ultimately companies that sell the stuff kind of lobby to, you know, lobby those folks and try to make them aware of it. And that's one way that it gets, that, that it gets fixed. But I mean, that's, that's kind of our biggest challenge right now. You know, in a lot of the places we work it, and in the projects that we're doing, we're not building homes, you know, we're not building mansions or building, you know, nice put together screen porches and decks. And it's taken us two months to get a permit, which wow. is just, which is, which is challenging just on, on a lot of different levels. So yeah, if there's one thing in the industry that could be done a little bit better, I, w- I would say that that would be, that would be the one. Yeah, that would certainly uh, speed things up. And yeah, <laughs> which right now we have such a problem on the supply side. So anything we can do to streamline that <laughs> would relieve some pressure. Well, James, this has been awesome. There's other like remodelers listening to this, builders. If you could leave us with like parting words of wisdom or a final piece of advice, what do you want to leave people with? Keep selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just keep selling, keep selling, keep selling, keep pushing. You know, when, when things have got tough, success is right around the corner. I think I had an advisor tell me that a long time ago and that stuck with me a long time. And it's, it's, it's a good thing to, to remind yourself when you have a bad week, bad month, bad year, just keep pushing and, and, and keep doing the things you know that are going to work, you know, make the, make the changes you need to make and success could be right around the corner. Right on. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I tend to agree with you. Well, James, thanks so much for sharing your story and carving out the time for me today. Absolutely. Nice speaking with you. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.